Facing Spiritual Spiral Podcast is here, 2022, first episode of the year. Welcome to the show. Your time is valuable, so hopefully this podcast will remind you about the importance of living life, carpe diem attitude. We're going to get right to it. I have so much that I'm thinking about, so... And this show is a bit extemporaneous, so bear with me here as I try and gather my thoughts. But again, thank you for joining me. First episode, 2022. A lot going on in the world, a lot to distract us, but this show began with my curiosity towards how social media and technology is impacting our world. And I firmly believe we are losing touch. I'm not a clairvoyant here. I'm not um, any different from you. But I do believe our senses are getting squashed. Our intuition is getting manipulated. Or our intuition, rather, is getting erased. We are, if we're not careful, going to be lobotomized. And we are losing touch with those more intrinsic qualities of listening, thinking, sitting still, being quiet. And this show is going to remind you that if you are not careful, you are going, you are going to go down ridiculous rabbit holes that draw you away from your instincts, your creativity, the artistic nature of your being, because we're all artists. Uh, the artist is this strange piece of our soul that I can't even describe, but I can tell you personally today, already it's it's the first day of the year, and my creative spirit has already been on a roller coaster. I just was, I watched the first 45 minutes of The Lost Daughter on Netflix. I think it's Maggie Gyllenhaal's directorial debut, only about halfway through, but I, I am just so moved and drawn into this incredible story. I don't know anything about the story. I think it's based on a book, but I am just riveted. And so it it it, it inspired me. It it um, inspired me to go to my computer. I wrote 900 words today. I'm sort of in the midst of trying to figure out what book to write next. So I started writing like five, 600 words of this one idea, sort of more... Um, about sort of our culture, nonfiction, my observations on the world. And the other one is this fictional story about, a funny story about anxiety. So I'm sort of juggling those two ideas. So I wrote 900 words. I was feeling really inspired first day of the year. And then I go down and open up some of my songs that I've been working on the last few weeks. And I was so demoralized because about a week ago, I thought they sounded great. And then today, as I listened to them, I think they sound terrible. So which which is true? Which voice do I listen to? Are they great or are they terrible? And I'm not sure yet, but I, I wanted to read to you. Um, I'm reading The War of Art, or I just finished. And first point I want to make here is, and this is why it's so important to Eliminate the distractions, eliminate the noise, because the more noise, the more social media platforms, the more apps that you have to think about, 
that means the less in tune you are with your own voice, your own instincts. Angels are like muses. They know stuff that we don't. They want to help us. They're on the other side of a pane of glass, shouting to get our attention. But we can't hear them. We're too distracted by our own nonsense. And and that's really the struggle we have. The distractions, the noise, our own insecurities. I mean, on, on top of my own insecurities as an artist, we also have this insane world of social media and technology. It's just sort of bombarding our brains. And it's insidious. It's subtle. It's not, you know, a grenade going off, but it's nonstop noise. And the more noise, the more distractions, they take us away from our own voice, our own instincts, our own creative spirit. And I was thinking the other reason, I'm going to, pl- I'm going to play some clips today from various podcasts, but I was thinking back to my last podcast a week ago and sort of my own doubts and insecurities about telling you how I think you should live your life. Uh, and also sort of hesitating talking about my own process. I don't want you to think that I'm living in some sanctimonious asylum or, you know, I've got it all figured out. It could sound very pretentious of me to make it seem like I have it all figured out. And then it could become even more pretentious if I'm telling you how to live your life. And let me play this clip of Russell Brand speaking to Joe Rogan on The Joe Rogan Show, because I think he really describes the point that I'm trying to make um, in a clear way. I hope I'm speaking to you in a clear way, but I think Russell really drives home the point. That's right. But you are you. Like, you are very comfortably you, and you've found what makes you you. That's a lovely compliment to get from you, Joe. I appreciate that, because what I think about is, like, you're a very different type of person to me. There's things that, in this world, in these polemical times, you and I would be supposed to, I would say, take adversarial stances on. I'm vegan now. Mm -hmm. You love hunting. But my personal philosophy is my morality and my spirituality is for me. It's not something I go around inflicting on other people and telling them how they should behave. I, yes. rec- I know enough now to know people are different. People have different experiences. And I don't let those things get in the way of how I evaluate other people. I wish it all be more like that. I really, I really believe that. I mean, there's so many people that I disagree with. And that's what's so interesting about Instagram and social media. Everybody is nonstop promulgating a perspective, a point of view, And it's moving so fast that people don't have, I think, the awareness or they're so busy or maybe the the level of curiosity and ability to sit still, to just take it in, take something in, and then think about how it relates with their own morality or uh, spirituality or own intrinsic qualities. This mad rush combined with people's strange 
innate need now, it feels like, to just promulgate a perspective that they think you should believe. I mean, that's what the news media is doing right now. It's it's almost in a strange propaganda way of just telling people to live this way. And if you don't, then you're bad. I mean, that is so destructive. And I see it happening. So I, I don't want you to think that I have the answer, that I'm living on this... this um, utopian world on the top of a mountain where I have it all figured out. But I strongly believe that if this culture is going to get better, if we're going to be more empathetic, if we're going to listen and, you know, suicide is going to lower and we're going to create higher quality art and be more active participants in the society of ours, we need to spend less time in the digital world and spend more time in the analog world. So I want to tell a story, and this is something that, again, sort of connects with the news media, social media, these, these... these movements now, you know, the Me Too movement, Black Lives Matter, um, equality, equity, uh, lumping people into groups in this sort of systematic, simplistic way. And um, I think there's so much nuance and complexity and confusion and depth to life that you can't judge people based on a small moment in time. And that's really what technology and social media have, have done. You know, you, you see a, a video of, of a tiff or a fight, and we think we know who's in the right, we know who's in the wrong, just by looking at that video. But, you know, there's, there's, as I've said this before in my podcast, you know, people behave differently if they're inebriated, if they didn't sleep well, if maybe a man's attracted to a woman, uh, if somebody had a bad day somebody's history. It's so complex. And I also feel like these, these terms of, you know, judgment and, and um, anti-judgment and um, classifying people in this way or this way is so dangerous because it's losing the subtle ways our brain thinks. And it's also sort of eliminating those voices that we have in our head that's telling us that this might be right, this might feel wrong, or this person feels like a good person, this person, this person feels like, hmm, maybe something could go terribly wrong any second if I say the wrong thing. It, it's like we're walking on eggshells. And I bring this up because I do think tech and social media are dumbing us all down. So we're driving back from Phoenix to LA, about four hours into the trip, and I need to make a bathroom break, or we both have to take a bathroom break. And it's funny, but normally my girlfriend will go into the um, the gas station first. Maybe this whole story is making me think twice about that now, but uh, if we stop at the gas station, it's not the one that I typically stop at at Washington Street, just because I think I've had a lot of coffee or water that day. So we have to we have to take a bathroom break, and I we stop near Blythe, near the border, 
I think I may have said Washington Street. No, but we, we stopped. Actually, we're about a couple hours into the trip. We stop at Blythe, near Blythe. I walk into the restroom or into the gas station. I look to my right. There's an African-American woman. Uh, nice smile behind the counter. Um, uh, she's the clerk, I guess, who pays or, or takes your money. And there's nobody else in there. And then I go into the bathroom. I come out. And there's four guys inside. And one of them is African-American, has a mask on. And I'm looking at his eyes and there's this strange energy that I feel as I'm... And this is all within 10, 15 seconds at the most. I mean, from the bathroom to the exit. But it's amazing where if you're not distracted... If you listen to those voices and those instincts, how you can pick up on you can pick up on so many intrinsic qualities, so, so many subtle qualities going on. So there's an African American guy. He's sort of like standing by the chips, but he's also sort of eyeing the the woman behind the counter. And then there's three guys, all Caucasian, tattoos. None of them are wearing masks. And there was this bizarre, strange energy emanating from all of them. They were very loud. One of them was getting a beer. Uh, one of them, his pants were sort of down around his, his butt, so you could see his underwear. And I got the sense that there was some drugs in their systems. And I wanted to get the hell out of there as quickly as possible. And I get into my car. And before I say anything to my girlfriend, she says to me, I don't want to use the restrooms in there. Let's go. And I said, God, that's so weird. I, I was picking up on a weird energy in there and I want to get out of here. She says, yeah, we should go right now. And she said, it's funny because as soon as you walked into that gas station, three other guys walked in immediately and she felt like she needed to go in there because she thought maybe they were going to um, beat me up or, or or get into a fight with me, and I, and I didn't even I didn't even say anything to my girlfriend. Literally, before I opened up my mouth, she had a sense that something didn't feel right. Now, were we being prejudicial? Were we were we being um, overreactive? Who knows? But we were both clearly picking up on something that didn't feel right. And I just, I think, I want to play a clip of Sam Harris talking about this sort of similar idea, but I think what we're losing track of and we're not thinking about is we're only looking at like the 30 seconds of that video on our phone and making a judgment. And, and I want you to think about how dangerous that is. We are literally not thinking about people's history, backstory. Um, we're, just, we're just examining a situation with our eyes, making a judgment, and that's it. And yeah, one could think that maybe I was being a bit uh, overreactive um, and, and was just out of my mind and being ridiculous. But there was something about the energy in that gas station with those four guys, I felt like I didn't feel safe. 
Let me play this clip for you of Sam Harris talking about sort of the same kind of thing. And life experiences and all these different variables that really need to be taken into account. This idea that you are autonomous and you are the director of your own life is true to a certain extent, but it's also very complicated, much more complicated than we would like to admit. And when you're talking about something that happened when you were 17, like Brett Kavanaugh or something like that, like, yeah. but Jesus Christ, you know, you're going to hold a 55-year-old man, 55 man accountable to something that he did when he was 17 that wasn't a crime? That, yeah. And you're not right. exactly sure what happened? That's, this is all very strange. This is very strange stuff. Well, so t t taking the, the red pill on, on free will makes you much more forgiving of a lot of this stuff. Yes. Because you see just everyone is an open system. Uh, no one authored themselves. No right. one created themselves. No one, no one can directly regulate the effect that, of every influence that they had or didn't have. You know, it's like you, you are the totality of what brought you here. I mean, the universe has sort of just pushed you to this point in time, and the only thing you've got is your brain and its states, and that is that is based on your genes and the totality of environmental influences you, you're, you as a system have have had working on you up until this moment. And so the next words that come out of your mouth are part of that process. Now, the, the people, some people f find this to be a, a, you know, a frankly demoralizing picture, right? They think, well, okay, well, I'm, you're telling me, telling me I'm just a robot, but you're a robot that is open, continuously open to influence, to influence of, you know, kind of internally based on its own processes. I mean, there's like, there's top-down control of, you know, the executive function in the brain to your, you know, your emotional life, say, and you're continually open to the influences of culture, right? You know, the culture is this operating system that you're interacting with in each moment, and whatever's getting in can change you in radical ways very quickly. I mean, there's no telling how much you can change on the basis of one new idea coming your way. He brought up the word, Sam said influence a lot. And there's these strange, complicated subtleties about every human being that can't be explained. You can't explain why somebody's going to get upset and somebody's not is going to laugh at the same joke. Well, I guess I could somewhat explain it. You know, it could be based on one's own experience with that subject matter that the comedian is talking about. Um, there, there's so many nuances and complexities to it all. But he brings up influence. And it, it, I say to myself, in all of those hours of the day, quiet time, if people are using those moments instead of reflecting, substituting those moments with, um, you know, Instagram, Netflix all day, Hulu. What is that doing to one's ability to think objectively, clearly, uh, and and instinctively? And I think that's sort of the strange world that we live in right now, where everybody is just judging, lambasting each other, making assumptions without really getting the full picture. And you know, back to my story at, at the gas station. I can't explain it. I can't explain what I was feeling when I walked out of the bathroom and saw those four guys and I felt like I was in danger.
but I felt that. If my face was down staring at my phone, like so many people's are when they're leaving a bathroom, maybe that would have been their moment to um, try and attack me or take my money or take my phone. And clearly I was on to something because as soon as I get into my car, my girlfriend says the same thing. There's this, there's, there's this energy out there. The muse is out there. This force of, of energy, force of nature that is out there. But those voices, those, that, that, that magnetic field of energy out there is being ripped away by the energy that emanates from a cell phone. Here comes segment two of the podcast. I'm actually recording this the next day. Uh, I did just finish The Lost Daughter, by the way, last night. It ended up being just okay. I, I didn't love the ending. Very artistic. Certainly a lot of thought went into it, but but ultimately I, I left that movie unsatisfied. But let me get on with the rest of the show. So I bring up this idea of intuition and listening to your thoughts because I believe there has been this attack on human being psyche. And it's very subtle, it's very pernicious, but it, it has created a, a downgrade in our culture. And, and there's, there's, it's multi-tiered what's going on. You have social media, you have technology, you have the news media. And it's funny, I was speaking to a friend of mine and he said, no, there's another level that's, that's involved in this psychosis happening, this, this downgrade. And he goes, it's, it's human beings. It's, it's the ignorance of human beings, he said. So I'm going to start. I'm, I'm, I just finished a book called Chaos Monkeys. So I'm going to read a quick segment, a couple segments to you, which sort of talks about the fragility of, of human beings, the ignorance factor. Here was the first taste for the new Facebook employee of a world interpreted not through traditional institutions like newspapers, books, or even governments, but through the graph of personal relations. You and your friends would redefine celebrity, social worth, and what should be churning through that, le- through that restless primate brain all day. Andy Warhol was wrong. In the future, We wouldn't all be famous for 15 minutes. We'd be famous 24-7 to 15 people. That was the new paradigm. So that brings up a very important point. The first point, Antonio Garcia, Chaos Monkeys. We have all become addicted to being famous or this fake fame, whether it's to 10, 15, 100, 500 people. Facebook has rewired people's brains where... The most important thing in people's minds is themselves. So you have that factor going on. The other factor that we have going on, and I'm going to play a couple clips, but I want to read this from Chaos Monkeys as well, is the allure of the news media, the allure of the screen, the allure of language. I've really noticed how people who articulate well look fantastic do have on screen, do have this sort of innate allure power over others. I was watching this dialogue on the Bill Maher show and Eric Michael Dyson is speaking with John McWhorter. 
I kind of believed, I agreed more with John McMorder, but Michael Eric Dyson was a better communicator. So I could see how the vast majority of people would really resonate with what he's saying. He's a, a, an amazing orator. And it's, it's not only just being a great communicator, but the allure of the TV screen. So let me read this to you. Man invented language in order to better deceive, not inform. That state I'm transmitting is often a false one, but you judge it not by the depth of its emotion in my mind, but by the beauty of the thought in yours. Thus, the best deceivers are called articulate, as they make listeners and readers fall in love with the thoughts projected into their heads. It's the essential step in getting men to write you large checks, women to take off their clothes, and the crowd to read and repeat what you've thought. All with mere words, memes of meaning strung together according to grammar and good taste. Astonishing when you think about it. So you have those two levels those two spheres going on. And let me give you a couple examples. I'm going to play a couple clips uh, of Rachel Maddow and something from The View. And this is, you know, you know, I've brought up the pandemic in the past, and I'm going to end the show talking about it briefly, because I've, I was never anti-vax. I was never anti-physician. What I've become anti is, is how the world has shifted based on so much misinformation based on um, categorizing people that are apprehensive or not going along with this narrative as being anti-vaxxers or ignorance or Trump lovers or, or extreme right-wing radicals. This is really social media and now the news media has really um, just completely evaporated people's sense of reason and even understanding. So let me play you this, this, this clip, a couple clips from um, The View and The Rachel Maddow Show. This is The View where they're, they're blaming the new Omicron variant on the unvaccinated. They don't agree with that. They feel that their greater good is more important than your greater good. Well, you know, it was interesting to me that the argument was being made, if you're vaccinated, why do you care about me being vaccinated? You're protected. And that's why we are at the Omarion Omicron variant, right? That's why we are where we are, because it's mutating. It's becoming this crazy superbug inside of the people that aren't vaccinated. And And now it's affecting us. I don't know why they were not understanding that. We've got like 80 million people that are not vaccinated. They understand. They don't want to. So there's there's one example, and I'd actually, I would refer to that as propaganda because it's now coming out it, that the, the Omicron variant is actually a result of the vaccinations. That's what these physicians are saying now. So you have this, this level of propaganda. Let me play a clip of, of Rachel Maddow now speaking. And this is really, this, this is a strange world where YouTube and social media conglomerates are deciding your truth. They are deciding what you should think and believe. And it's, and it's working because if anything goes against what The View is saying or now what Rachel Maddow is saying, 
Um, they're considered misinformation. I'm bringing this up because I saw a video a few days ago of in New York City where the police, you know, 15, 20 policemen are taking people out of restaurants because they didn't have their vaccine card. Like that is the priority right now in New York City. Think about, you know, we live in a world right now where people are wearing masks. So you can't identify people if, if any crime ensues. And we have police worried in New York City about taking people out of restaurants. How did we get here? How did that become, quote unquote, normal? Again, it's, it's the dumbing down of our culture thanks to social media. Our values have been stripped away. And I'm going to play another clip where the news media is creating this mental relapse, this, this mental collapse that's happened. Right? Instead of the virus being able to hop from person to person to person, potentially mutating and becoming more virulent and drug resistant along the way, now we know that the vaccines work well enough that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus does not infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. So we, we know at this point that that's completely false. Again, more, more examples, another example of propaganda. Um, and this is just another example of we live in a world now where very specific people are getting away with saying what, uh, what they want. And another group of people are being demonized or stripped away of their, their freedoms to say what they believe is truth. They're being taken off of social media. They're being taken off of YouTube. And isn't this troublesome? Isn't this something that is eye-raising and peculiar? And this goes back to sort of my earlier story at the very beginning of this podcast. Are people's instincts working anymore? And again, I'm, I'm not speaking about this, this strange, odd sixth, this, this sixth sense, or maybe there is a sixth sense and it's instinct. I, I don't know, but it's this strange psychosis, I think, happening right now. And I think all these layers are allowing it to permeate through our, our society. And so I bring this up. And look, clearly, I just I just listened to the Dr. Malone podcast with Joe Rogan, and, and I highly suggest it. I think it's vital for our culture to listen to it. But I'm going to just play a very quick, like, one to two minute version of it, because I ask myself this pretty regularly. How did we get here? How did this happen? And it's why I've been such a um, outspoken sort of, um, I've, it's why I've been so outspoken against using our phones and becoming addicted to them and relying on them for, for adding value to our lives. I think it's a huge part of how we've gotten here. And I think the media has been very clever in the way that they demonize people that don't go with their narrative. I think the way they've used Dr. Fauci to sort of just brainwash people. 
and and the idea that that uh, the View and Rachel Maddow are saying all these these things on television and there's no repercussions for them is 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 truly mind blowing to me. So let me play you this clip. Then I'm going to end the show with an article that just came out of The Guardian, which I think is really powerful and and actually leaves me with a lot of hope. So this is is Dr. Malone, Robert Malone, from the Joe Rogan podcast. It's three hours. I I was riveted by pretty much the whole thing, and I, I highly suggest you take the time to listen to the whole thing. I'm just going to play 90 seconds or maybe two minutes at the most. And that is the core problem here. That and the fact that we as a society have become grossly fragmented through social media, electronic appliances, the stress of what we've experienced. And this leads into this whole issue of mass formation psychosis that Matthias Desmet at the University of Ghent has promoted. That for many of us, when Matthias, a you know psychologist and statistician, interesting combination, came made public, a lot of us, as we listened to Matthias, we said, oh, that makes sense. That was like the brain, that what happened when I encountered the Trusted News Initiative. I said, oh, you, I don't know if you saw the Brett Weinstein podcast with me and Steve Kirsch, um, where that lit this whole fire all over the world. Brett ends with the, with the basically the question, if you listen to the long version, um, of What's, how does this happen? How, how do we have this emergent phenomena? The, the how question, mm-hmm. right? And, you know, behind the how question is the why question. Um, the, 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 the how question of a third of the population basically being hypnotized and totally wrapped up in whatever Tony Fauci and the mainstream media feeds them, whatever CNN tells them is true. Um me illustrate that. The other day I was looking through New York Times recent articles about Omicron and pediatrics in preparation for this and for making some slideshows. And um, and I saw this headline in the New York Times. Um, epidemiologist and a vaccinologist. And the, te- and the title was How You Should Think About Children and Omicron. It was, it was blatantly saying this is how you should think. Mm. We're going to tell you how to think, okay? People kind of got to get that in their head. That's the world we're in right now. Now, what Matthias Desmond has has shared with us, brilliant insight, is another one of those, aha, now that part makes sense, um, which is that this comes from basically European intellectual inquiry into what the heck happened in Germany in the 20s and 30s. You know, very intelligent, highly educated population, and they went barking mad. Um, and how did that happen? Um, the answer is mass formation psychosis. When you have a society that has become decoupled from each other and has free-floating anxiety and a sense that things don't make sense, we can't understand it. And then their attention gets focused by a leader or a series of events on one small point, just like hypnosis. They literally become hypnotized and can be led anywhere. And one of the aspects of that phenomena is the people that they identify as their leaders, the ones typically that come in and say, 
you have this pain and I can solve it for you. I and I alone, okay, can fix this problem for you, okay? Then they will lead, they will follow that person through, it doesn't matter whether they lie to them or whatever. The data are irrelevant. And furthermore, anybody who questions that narrative is to be immediately attacked. They are the other. What do you think? Do you resonate at all with what, what I've been talking about and, and, and what uh, Dr. Malone says? And, and again, I, I, I feel like none of this would have happened if it weren't for social media and the smartphone and, and the addictive allure of, of tech and getting the notifications. And, he, and even he, Dr. Malone, says it, says at the very beginning, social media is a part of it. And so I, I say all of this and I record these episodes because we have to get back to listening to our inner voice, back to quiet time, back to sitting still. There's a great article that I'll, I'll end the show with. Uh, I'm not going to read the whole article to you, of course, but it's, it's in The Guardian. It's fantastic. It's called Your Attention Didn't Collapse. It Was Stolen. And, and the writer does go on and talk about, you know, the reason why there's so much obesity now and such bad health is because people are sitting so much and watching Hulu and Netflix. And we've become simulacrums of what we used to be. We're, we're one-dimensional, dumbed-down versions of, of these vibrant human beings. So this is what the writer says. I'm trying to see if they're... Jonathan Hart is the... Uh, Jonathan... I'm sorry, Johan Harry is, is the writer. I believe we now need an attention movement to reclaim our minds. I believe we need to, get, to act urgently because this may be like the climate crisis or the obesity crisis. The longer we wait, the harder it will get. The more our attention degrades, the harder it will be to summon the personal and political energy to take on the forces stealing our focus. The first step it requires is a shift in our consciousness. We need to, we need to stop blaming ourselves or making only demands for tiny tweaks from our employers and from tech companies. We own our own minds and together we can take them back from the forces that are stealing them. And that's the thing. You know, Instagram got rid of counting likes if you'd like. And, you know, the iPhone, you can monitor your screen time. These are all um, ephemeral fixes. The, none of them work. <laughs> they, they don't last. You have to find the inner strength the discipline, you need to rewire your brain. This, this goes to addiction. This goes to alcoholism, wanting to make a change. People can tell you. You can read articles. But if you don't find something that brings you more passion, love, and joy, if something in your life isn't more joyful than the notifications you get from Instagram, nothing is going to work. You need to find something else that brings you the same joy. 
the same level of euphoria as your cell phone. And it's and they are out there. So I will leave you with that. 2022, finding quiet time, finding joyful actions, incidents, finding joyful events or activities rather that that are more that provide more enthusiasm, provide more titillation in your life than your cell phone. It comes from you. I I struggle with it also, but I, I am passionate and believe that the process of exercising, writing, having conversations, eating and tasting your food, smelling your food, listening to great music, these provide everlasting joy and satisfaction. You know where to find me on Instagram, ironically, at Eddie Cohn or the Spiritual Spiral Podcast or on Twitter at Eddie Cohn. Please share the show with your friends. been getting a lot more downloads lately, so I really appreciate you listening and sharing the show. So please continue to share the show with friends. You can write a review on iTunes or Google Play. Subscribe over on Spotify or iTunes. Any questions, you can certainly reach out to me. You can also find me on my website, IamEddieCone.com. A bunch of new music I've released over the last couple months. Please listen over on Spotify or iTunes or Bandcamp. And I have about three or four guests lined up for 2022 already. So more interviews, conversations lined up towards the middle to end of January. Happy New Year. Happy 2022. And as always, thank you so much for listening and being a part of the Downward Facing Spiritual Spiral podcast. I know we can be